Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Beers and Breakevens. This week we've got the roasting of the Rugby League Guru to wrap up the 2023 season. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Here with me this week to lend me a hand in roasting the Guru, Ryan Selvage, NRL, NRL Supercoach365. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good to be back. Obviously here last week, uh, you are in the hot seat, but Guru's turn today. Yeah, you, you looked after me all right last week, mate, all things considered, and rank-wise and whatnot. Uh, the guru, not so much. So, mate, it's a, it's a good position to be in down here. Uh, also with us is that man who, he's got some kick in his step, the Roo, and he's also got something else with him. Roo, you're sweating down there. <laughs> uh, oh, back home, eh? Two years yeah. on the trot. How good. Now, well, hoping for an early crow? Please. Yeah, I was. And, and Shit in. Early on, about one game into that round and the numbers started to go in my favour a little bit. I had a few extra players. Ellie Katoa was out. Jack Howarth came in. There was a few other things that happened and uh, we'll get to the next man very shortly. But firstly, guys, we are brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. Thank you very much to Tony and the team for their support throughout the season. A few events coming up. We do have... On the 18th of September, of course, live in Bathurst, Wealth Through Property event. On the 26th of September, Gen Z Education at Sydney Olympic Park. The 28th, we have also at Sydney Olympic Park and via webinar, Wealth Through Property. You can tune into that one. All of these events, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, there'll be a link in the YouTube description to that one. And guys, over the off-season, if this isn't relevant to you at the moment, you want to do it later on, you want to get involved in these events, just message Guru or myself and we can sort you out with those. Now, Guru, I'm going to... I'm going to flatter you for a little bit because... <laughs> A very, very small part of me is proud of you for, for coming home strong. Uh, you played with a bit of depth this season. You finished with a bang. And one trade in particular, you finished 1,550th overall in the top 1%. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Thank you. The big, big turning point of our head-to-head duel was leading to round 26. Dallin Wateni's Lesniak. You were going to follow me into the trade and you're on the podcast and I'm going to do it, risk mitigation, all this sort of shit. And for once in your life, you went out on your own nows and you went against it. Dallin Wittenius Lesniak came out and scored 25 points that week against the Dragons and then was rested in round 27. The following trade occurred. Toletau Kola. Now, Kola came out in round 26, went big. Round 27... He had the highest scoring Supercoach score for the entire season against the Tigers. That trade was a 188-point swing. Mm. Now, 
Thankfully, you still would have just got me. However, if you did the Dallin Wateni's Lesniak trade, you would have finished 2,950th. So that trade banked you 1,400 spots. Sure did. was a big move. Um, you're a bit of a ifs and buts merchant, to be fair to me, Williams. You've got to make excuses somehow, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Kohler was a big punt. I think if you have a look at his scores, the three weeks before that, I think he went over 45 at any point. So moving to fullback, um, yeah, had me very, very excited. You'll be happy to know. He might have done very well for me in Classic, but he did end my draft season, which means a billion more to me, unfortunately. So oh. it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows. There was a couple of tears and some long nights. Shout out to Stephen Hebner and fuck you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a big play Classic-wise and uh, that's why we're sitting here. How good. Two on the trot, mate. I'm proud of you. Elf in the room, me. Guru. You mentioned your draft now. So yeah, you know, a flashback two years ago, you were the draft guy and Timmy was the Classic guy. But mm. I think I see that... The engraving on there says Guru twice, so... I think I'm just the supercoach guy now. Very quickly things you know? turn. You're the supercoach guy. On the bloke in the bar potty, I am toweling up the tipping, the predictions, all that, so we might have to have a rebrand. You're the supercoach guru and I'm the rugby league guru. <laughs> Two weeks in a row for me on uh, <coughs> Face the Music, flying at the moment. Pre-season predictions. How'd you go there, mate? Not too well. <laughs> what about Maddie picking our quotes from the weekend, from the, the other night? Did you, did you go through them? Yeah, that was great. You picked one from me from the West Tigers where I pretty much said the Tigers will finish somewhere between 1 and 17. I got absolutely <laughs> smashed. I'm going, I didn't pick the fucking quote. <laughs> All the shit I say, and Maddie picks that one. Shout out to the water boy. Fish he only again. had about 90 hours of content to go through. Tell me about it. Out. He picked that. Sh- shout out. You're going to throw throw stones at glass houses on poor old Maddie the water boy. On that same post on Instagram, the Dolphins called <laughs> me out for potting them at the start of the year again. Thanks, Dolphins. Underneath that, you quote tweeted me saying that the, the Dolphins will fold by the round 13 or something. <laughs> And then you keep forgetting that you've got about 100,000 followers on Instagram and 90,000 90, of them think everything you say is true. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was round 10 you said, not 30. Yeah. It was great because I went really hard on the Dolphins. I just didn't go as hard yeah. as you. It was fantastic. Anyway, you win some, you lose more. Uh, good to win a few more, though. It'll be great to win a few yeah. more of them. Uh, now, mate, let's get into the roasting of your side mm. for the season. And it's a funny one because we went, went through mine last week. And as you know, uh, you did get the dub on me, but... Not too many bad, bad trades. I mentioned about timing for other things. I know you've got a couple of stinkers in yours, so it's going to be a bit of fun. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, and we spoke about it in your roast last week, obviously, about how... I, like, I, I'm very confident I had more bad trades than you, mm. but I think that if we were to put us on a spectrum of supercoach players, you're probably a little bit safer than why, what I am. I'm Definitely. probably take more swings, and I think that this, what we're going to talk about today, is a really good example of... You can, if you take five swings and you can hit two of them, that'll probably put you in front. Way funner as well. Heaps fun. It's great. <laughs> but if you don't hit any of those five, you're completely butchered and you're in all sorts. But I think that I think that a lot of people in Supercoach do try and just stick to the crowd mm. too often. And there are moments where it is 100% the play, and I did that for a lot of the season. Uh, but when you do make your big plays, which I think is probably the draft player coming out of me, that I'm focusing on so many different guys other than just those key classic guys... Fuck, it can be a big advantage. It can sink you, but it can make you too. Yeah. Now, look, I won't be... I won't get too excited about it, but Cola next season, I think due to no lack of effort from Ruben Garrick, but has succeeded Garrick as the backup fullback at Manly if Tommy Turbo's out. Ryzer 
Cole, it becomes a very interesting one next season for round one because on what we saw, I know it was against who was it, the Tigers and who else they'd demolished, the Dolphins or someone, where he went bonkers the last two weeks. Anyway, it's irrelevant. But he fucking hates the Dolphins. It's not Jesus irrelevant. No, I was trying to think who, who mainly put a score on in round 26. Bulldogs into West Tigers. There you go, Bulldogs. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't a Dolphins. Don't dolphins come after alone. me. <laughs> Leave the Dolphins alone. Um... But Cole, like Manly next season with Cole, who will start the season pretty cheap, yeah. he has to play more of a roving role. Yeah, you'd think so. And I think unlike a lot of those other fullbacks that we did mention last week, Ponga springs to mind. He's going to lose the duel. I think Cole will probably keep it. Um, so that could give you an option there in some versatility yeah. early doors. Um, yeah, I think you say he's ousted Garrick as that second choice fullback. Garrick was so good at right centre when he played there that we mm. probably didn't expect him to be that good. So he could be a victim of his own ability and that's it. Cole around one next season. People aren't going to forget, namely the good what he did the last two weeks. I'm not convinced he would have jumped in front of Garrick, reckon? to be honest with you. I, I think Garrick, you know, like you got to remember last year when Turbo went down until Jersey Gate, Garrick was playing fullback and had them as a top eight side. Yeah. I'm not. I, I would I would prefer to see him at fullback, Cole, because I think he's so wasted at centre, it's not even funny. But I'm, I'm not. Isn't it crazy to think? Like, remember at the start? Of, it was at one point when they, when Turbo was down. Who were they picking at fullback before they? Ko weeks. Yeah. Ko weeks. So Kohler was their fourth. Still couldn't fullback. get a gig. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not totally convinced he is the next guy out. But Ruben Garrick at centre was very. It's funny though. All these like Ruben Garrick moves to centre for that Dolphins game mm. that we watched in Canberra. They win that by sixty. Yeah. Kohler moves to fullback. They win both those games by sixty. Like I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that Cole is going to be the automatic number two guy. Are we certain that but Turbo is still the number one fullback? I think so. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I get throw out, I, I've seen a lot yeah. of chat about it, and I get the argument of if it's injury-related and they want to ease him back and get runs under his belt at centre, I'm all for that. Yeah. But, like, once he's good to go, it's, he's the number one. Has to be. But... I do know that off the back of the last two weeks, Cole is going to be very highly owned, I believe, next season at his price. And it'll be interesting, because if he just sticks in that same centre role and nothing changes, trap. But if he does start roaming, the pre-season trials will be a huge watch. He could be such a good pickup. I, I worry that he's the sort of guy, if he's put it right centre, he'll just sit there. I think he could be very frustrating, Cole. But we'll see. Shit coaching if he does. He needs to get more well, involved. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's get into it. Riser, you have Guru's team from round one. I do, and good little segue there from Tommy Turbo. He was Guru's captain in round one at fullback. He scored a 97, and he was in second gear that day against the Bulldogs. Yeah. So mm. at that point of the year, we're thinking, here comes Turbo all over Shit. again. Uh, Teddy was your other fullback, centre wingers, uh, AKP, Valentine Holmes, Isaac Tango, and Sunia Taruva. Um, probably focusing on the draft angle there again. Holmes and uh, Tango, two names that you're either paying up for or a pod play in uh, the Panthers' centre. Speak us through that, I guess, before we go through the rest of it, because he was someone that was – he burst onto the Supercoach scene 2022, but his price was probably the detriment getting him from our one. Yeah, for sure. I always like to have a few pod players. I talked him up a lot in the preseason as well. Um I think I moved off him within two or three weeks. I think I think that was a classic example of I had a pod, it didn't go perfectly, and I kind of shit myself. Yep. I kind of regret doing that. And there's a few guys that I did shit myself on this year and trade them out that I think were the right calls. But I think Isaac Tungo was one. Without knowing his scores, this is completely off the dome, he's one that I kind of wish I would have persisted with. A a- another one there for you. It's, we say something every year, but 
you don't see these big outside back and half scores in the opening three to five rounds of the season. It takes teams time to get into their stride and start gelling with new combinations, new recruits before they the points start to flow. You add in a few things like there might be some injuries to teams and suspensions fall in. They get a little bit mismatched and that's when you see the big ones. So it, it's a good lesson in, you know, being a bit patient with these guys. For sure. And I think the other thing I didn't anticipate, just thinking back, the Panthers started the season pretty slow. Mm. They lost to Brisbane week one. I think we were in Wagga week two and they had a close game with South Sydney that was a bit scrappy. So uh, points just weren't there. I still think, uh, I've obviously spoken about Tungo a lot, but I think he's a guy that I will own in classic quite a bit over the next few years. And You're 100% starting with him next season. Yeah, I think I'm a very good shot too. You will for I, sure. I still think if you look back to 2022, he had an unbelievable season. I had him in draft all year. Um, Mate, he had about 13 tries disallowed. Mm. Do you reckon there's a chance he starts here at, on, in the back row? I don't think so. No? no? Not for me. I think that Hosking, Scotty Sorensen, they've got too many options <laughs> there. And, mate, he's a premier centre. Yeah. Proper premier centre. I will right, keep going. He here. just quickly he averaged Sorry, 68 this season, 60 in 2022. So you paid up for him a decent amount, 627k at the start of this year. That 68 will prop him up sort of close to 700k. There's not a chance that'll be enough to, to deter you. Did but. his average go up by eight this year? That's pretty wild, though. He scored, yeah. what do you have? Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tries in 14 games. What do you have the year before? I can buy you some time if you need to look it up. But while he does that, just on that, like if if you think if Tungle's playing those weeks when Peachy was playing, like Peachy was banging out exactly 70s, right. 80s, 90s, 100s as well. So yeah. his average could have been even closer to 75, 80s. Yeah. Right. We'll keep yeah. going. Yeah, wanna, like uh, I heavily backed him <coughs> in to score more tries this year than what he did last year. Right. Timmy. He had 12 last year in 23 games. Yeah, right. Fuck, that's wild. Good things happening out there at Penrith. Uh, and that's probably where you centred this team around. Good thing. Maybe an understatement. <laughs> okay. Breaking news. <laughs> well, there's a bit going on at Penrith. Yeah, a bit, bit of an understatement. Um, your halfback for round one. Uh, was Nathan Cleary. So you did pay up big bucks from round one. Yeah. Um, he partnered in the halves, Kalen Ponga. So again, I think Ponga... I started with KP, did I? He did, yeah, round one. at 5'8". I was big on him heading into the draft year. I wanted to get him and he got picked the, <coughs> the pick before me, which kind of rattled the shit out of me. I ended up with him in draft at the end of the day for a trade. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was very high on KP. I think I was very high on him because Jacko Hastings arriving there. I just thought it'd free him up. Um, even at 5'8", I thought it would still. Uh, but, yeah, it was a bit of a slow start with him at 6. Isn't, isn't that funny where we sit there and, like, when you really weigh everything up across the season and, like, how much he killed me, you started with him, you got injured, cost you a few trades. Yeah. So it's like when you bring everything into it, yeah, I forgot you started with him as well. Mm. Uh, your other halves were Adam Dewey and Tanner Boyd backing up at half. <laughs> oh, <day>. good God. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Oh, I wouldn't Can't want that avoid. to be my Oztag halves. That's grim. Harsh. He did a job, Tanner Boyd. Wasn't it? Took him, job, it took him too long. He's a job doer. Mate, when you think about it, I've got a $10 million salary cap to pick whoever I want from the entire comp. I ended yeah. up with Tanner Boyd and Adam Dewey. Uh, yeah. Your back rowers. Now, this is probably where we'll spend a bit of time to start the year. Uh, Egan Butcher, Teague Wilton. And I want to take you back to that first Thursday night in round one. Jaman Hopgood banged out 101. Um, talk us through what, what are you thinking when you see this unfolding in front of your Mate, eyes I'll, I'll tell you what happened that night that was our first country tour yeah. and we drove up to Armadale, Armadale. drove to Armadale I drove on my own Timmy and Maddie drove the van up 
and you're a few hours behind me. So yeah, I we sat, went to Armadale via Perth. Yeah, you, you went all over the joint. I sat in a hotel room on my own watching that entire game, just watching these. I think he was on, he, he just about based 100, didn't he? Yeah, he, I don't think he scored. He had a whole heap of offloads. I remember that. There was plenty oh, I was of sitting there watching him, and I think he was on like... He based 80. 81, yeah, and no. it went to Golden Point as well. Yeah, it went to Golden Point, went for an extra few minutes, and he played the entire thing, and I just remember sitting there going, this might be my greatest ever. This is <laughs> fucking unreal. I'll never forget. I made a... Uh, it went fucking bonkers. I made a bit of content that was just Jermaine Hopgood's score with Paul Vaughton going... <laughs> no, I remember I was fucking stoked with it that was room, a good room service can I get another box of tissues please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep going here your other back rowers were Hamoli Olakawatu and David Fafita so a good mix there of try scoring attacking back rowers fuck Olakawatu was frustrating to start the season he was he scored if you got one of you get up his stats he scored a try just about every week for the first few weeks and never went above 60 or 70 it was frust. he was just scoring tries off kicks and yeah Bullshit, it was yeah. so frustrating. Like week two against Parramatta, she scored 60 with a double. He had 25 in base. Yeah, two tries off kicks. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, rounding this out, your front rowers, Stefano and Christian Welch, and your hookers, Brandon Smith, Sonny Luke. So you went cheap in hooker, no Harry Grant at the start of the year. Yeah, did I ever. Do you regret that? Um, yeah, I, you know what? I And you can go back and check the tapes from the preseason. I was never keen on Brandon Smith. I never liked it, yeah. but I got dragged into the crowd. Yeah. I just thought if he does kill it, I'm going to look like an idiot and it's going to cost me too much. That, that, of all those players, that's my biggest regret because I never liked Brandon Smith at the Roosters from the very start. I'll give you that. You called that very early. Yeah, I was never happy with it. I was just trying to find the image of you and uh, you and Jamar that glorious moment <laughs> out, out at uh, Bankwest Stadium or Combank, whichever the hell the one it is these days. Yeah, no, uh, the, the Brandon Smith one sucks. That, that was you not backing yourself, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big case of following the crowd. I remember you calling out saying, like, it just seemed like a knockout, like an easy shot to take, no risk, and you followed the crowd. Yeah, big time. And I think, yeah, got a little bit rattled on that one. He did Unfortunately, get, the yeah. crowd followed me on Sonny Luke, listened to my fucking <laughs> bullshit preaching, which uh, missed by a country mile. And, uh, yeah, Sonny Luke was a tough one this year, tough one. So this was your non-scoring players for round one. This is the way you set up your team. So uh, Sonny Luke was one of them. Uh, Franklin Pele was another one. Davy Mawale, Jacob Preston. We've already mentioned Tanner Boyd, Paul Alamotti, Will Warbrick, and Isaac Thompson. So very cheap uh, on your non-playing reserves for oh, round those one. Bench CTWs are Jeez. rogue. I got to say, uh, round one, I was driving back from Armadale on my own. It was the afternoon I captained Turbo. He was playing the Canterbury Bulldogs in round mm. one. Mm-hmm. And I remember I pulled up at a servo, got myself a little snack box, and I was sitting there trying to work out what my last reserve would be. And I remember sitting there going, you know what? I'm going to back T-Rex in here. And I traded in Jacob Preston about two minutes before the game started. I want to say he scored a try that day. He did. Not yeah. in round one. Not in round one. He didn't. He had a good game. St- oh, no. He round scored one like 30 four. round one. Yeah, and then and he, then he went bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. And I remember walking in here at, at the end of round one going, fucking Tim, fucking <laughs> bullshit. And he killed it after that. So, thank you, T-Rex. Oh, it's all good, mate. Got you. Good start, though. Uh, 97 as captain for Tommy, like we said. Um, from that point onwards, uh, no trades in round two and then a boost in round three. Uh, you sacked Brandon Smith. Didn't take you long to get rid of the cheese. Yep. Uh, Egan Butcher. And funnily enough, Isaac Tungle, he was gone you by round three as well. You gutted dog. I deserve Show that. some loyalty. <laughs> Whole <laughs> pre-season, Tungo this, Tungo that. Yeah. You gave him... Two games. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Penrith had a buy early. I think it was round three, so that could have been. I think remember that that, that was the talk of the preseason. Buy. It was my play was that I I thought they'd start fast. I'd have Tongo and then I'd trade him at that buy. Round three buy was the buy, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I, I genuinely remember all preseason saying that that I'll trade him the buy, which I now look back and go, even then my thinking of these buys, I put too much emphasis on them. Yeah, I realise now. Yeah. So you did bring in Bryce Cartwright, Izzy Katoa, one of you could be anythings, and Jacob Karaz, mm. who you captained in round four, I'm led to believe. Did I? Round three, Karaz. So you brought him wow. in and captained him the same week. Yeah, right. For a grand score of 62. Yeah, and I think it was a lucky 62 from memory. Remember he started, you didn't have him at the side? No, of the I didn't. I, did. I was terrified watching him every week. Yeah, and Thankfully, the doggies shit the bed <laughs> because if they kicked on, and like, so they beat the Storm in round two, I think it was, and if they kicked on and became that team, <clears throat> yeah, like Kiraz, he got injured, but yeah. uh, there was a period there early in the season where you're on, this bloke will be the top finishing CT dub for the dogs in base stats. Well, I, I remember getting to like round three or four just before he got injured, <clears throat> and we were like in my draft chat, we were generally going, Kiraz is going to be the draft of the season. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a top 10 player, and he would have got picked round eight or round nine. It'd be an interesting one early next year because of how good he was early, and then towards the back end of the season, you saw his base come back up. Because I, I think he was playing injured for, for a lot yeah. of that Once he came, came back a bit early and all that So he'll start at a decent price next year And there's no reason why the output should be any different The doggies have to be improved He'll be a sneaky early one next year Jeez, you wouldn't want to be the winger outside him Trying to get the ball off him and nah. Stephen Crichton <laughs> Bring a deck chair with you <laughs> Yeah, you can watch on Round four uh, uh, Bryce Cartwright Go on Yeah, this is a big talking point for Outstanding us Outstanding trading Remember him and Matty Dury had both, I think, played like 80 the, the opening rounds. Sean Lane was out injured and there they were minutes to have their Isaiah Papalili had gone. And everyone's going Dury versus Cartwright. Cartwright, mate, arguably cheaper, or probably Hopgood, but arguably cheaper of the year. Cardi finished the season with about a 63-point average. You cashed him out a little bit early. I mean, yeah. hindsight's a great thing, but at 446k, he's one of them blokes who easily could have been a staple of your team the entire year. Nonetheless, mate... That was a great move. Yeah, I think most people went the other way to Dory. Yep. I just, I, he, he's a good player. I've just never seen it like other people have yep. with him. So, but Bryce Cartwright, I, I will always admit, I'll get more wrong. I mean, I drafted Bryce Cartwright pick number two the first time he went to the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> I dropped him in round 10. Unbelievable. Uh, and I didn't win a game until round 10 that year either. So, shout out to Brycey boy. Uh, but I will always be a big Cartwright fan. And yeah, it was good to see that one play out the way that it did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was a yeah. big talking point for us. I remember that was that was a big week for us. You had, uh, didn't you? Wasn't your first round pick that year, Big Shannon Boyd at the Titans? <laughs> <laughs> I drove to draft night that that year with uh, Garth Brennan. This is two of us. It's a good trip. Uh, uh, round four. This is where it gets interesting because you sold Caelan Ponga, James Tedesco, and you brought in Harry Grant and Reese Walsh. So mm. two big names out, two big names in. Harry, I think he'd scored a couple of hundreds or at least 100, a couple of 90s before round three. You brought him in round four. And Reese Walsh, again, this is sort of where I think that was a very popular trade that week, Teddy to Walsh, and Walsh just kicked on. Yeah, I, I think the Harry Grant play, I actually think you had captained him a few times in the first few weeks, and that was starting to worry me. So I think I brought Grant in there. And then the Reese Walsh one, I, I don't like bringing in guys in Supercoach that have to do a lot to score. I hate relying on guys to set up three tries and all that sort of shit, but Reese Walsh was just undeniable Yeah, by that point. Like, you just couldn't leave him. 
you did captain Harry Grant that week again for 44. <laughs> that makes sense. And Walsh, I that. <laughs> Walsh the same week played the Dolphins and got a 84. So yeah. one of those sliding doors moments. But yeah, it was sort of after that where Walsh went on and scored 90s, 100s, um, doing plenty to do that. But yeah. it's just so focal in their attack. Round five was a great trading week. Your second boost of the season. Dewey out, Garrick in, sweet, happy days. It's the next two. Tanner Boyd and Isaac Thompson out. Now, Tanner Boyd, anyone who held him for longer it eked a bit of value out of him. He was actually half all right. The two that came in. Firstly, Nico Hines off the back of 180. <laughs> and Joshy Schuster at 241k. Do we gloss over the fact that Guru told people not to bring in Hines in round four, was it? That's right. He don't, did tell people not to bring him in. Now, don't. I would challenge all of you to go back and watch the tape of me saying, I don't think he will play. Ooh, I, think, I think there. I copped it pretty unfairly this year, to be honest with you. I'll wear it, and that's fine. That's fine. But um, numbers, numbers are here, black and white. 180. I got into a little verbal last weekend with a guy on uh, social media. Oh, I was pretty drunk by that point. But he, uh, <laughs> what did he spray me for? He sprayed me. He goes, you fucked me with the Nico Hines thing. You told me he wasn't playing. And then you fucked me on the weekend because I thought Nathan Cleary was resting because of you. I just said, oh my you press God. the button, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you make your own decisions, kid. Yeah, don't you? Seriously. You do your own thing. But yeah, the uh, Nico Hines thing, it actually turned out to be probably the highlight of the season, I think. Yeah. And and also, if you're going to throw shade at us for, for getting a few things wrong in Supercoach, if we got everything right, no one would play Supercoach because we'd win overall every year by a mile because it mean we'd never get anything wrong. Yeah. You did bring in Nico the, uh, for that round five game against the Warriors. He did score 102. So yeah. very quickly did he repay the trade. Had a buy around six, though, so you weren't deterred by that. Mm. Um, very quickly did you get rid of Tanner Boyd, someone that you said you wouldn't want down there at South East Lost Tag. Um, yeah. Can I, can I just jump in quickly? Yeah, mate. Did we both trade in Schuster and Hines in the same week? I feel like I said that to you last I week. I reckon well. I waited until after the buy for Hines. Yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, I went before the buy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was a big talking point this year too, wasn't it? Because we yeah. were in fucking damage control after that one eight. Yes. So I waited. I think I waited a little bit longer. I, I trying to find my moves, but I didn't get him to round seven. Oh, okay. Because because of that buy, the buy, and then tough games. Remember, we had well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of them was the Roosters who were meant to be tough. Yeah. So we had. Where are we? Anyway, carry on. The next week, this is where it gets interesting again because the popular trade in round six was Hopgood to Hosking. I remember that was like the trade of the week. Uh, you kept Jermaine Hopgood, even though he was benched. Um, and you brought in Hosking anyway, but you sold Teague Wilton. Also, Greg Marju, you traded in that week for Paul Alamotti. So some considerable <coughs> upgrades there given what both Hosking and Marju went on to do. Yeah, I, um, I think Marju, you never went him, so that was a big advantage for Season me to have him. him. Yep, season defining. I, I didn't realise you went that early on him. That was huge. Yeah, because he, well, he didn't play the first two weeks, Marcio. I think I he think had so. a abductor or something that was wrong. Uh, then I brought him in, and I and I remember the night we were in Cairns. Round which three, been round missed, missed th first three. First three, did he? The night we were in <coughs> Cairns, which would have been round four. We were sitting Raiders. at that pub, and Hosking. Sorry, I meant Hosking. He he killed it that night against mm. Parramatta. Had a big score, and I had him in my draft side too. Drafted him fucking early too. Um, and I made the decision that night that Hosking was coming in very soon. And I, to be honest with you, I'm actually really disappointed with how Hosking's season played out. I thought he would be an all-timer. 
this year. I thought yeah. he would lock down an edge, and I thought he'd be a 70-point back rower. Yeah, he, he had one of the greatest mid-rangers of all time potential there, at, yeah. least in, at least in the back row. I think he was a really good example <coughs> of just showing how hard first grade is. No matter how tough you are, whatever, playing in the back row for 80 minutes consistently f- for that long takes a toll on your body. It takes well, years to Well, get you, used you to know it. who... The bloke that we thought Hosking was going to come become, that bloke's name was Scott Sorensen. Yeah, and he's in year four, five, six, yeah. whatever it might be of his career. So I still think Hosking in the next few years is going to be a very, very relevant super coach player. Yeah. Yeah. Did score 117 against the, the Eels, like you said there. But then, yeah, like I think probably not so much a shot at Hosking, but more so, like you say there, Timmy, like a, a testament to how good both Liam Martin and Sorensen are obviously Luke Garner, yeah. a popular Supercoach player to start the year as well that I think you've looked to uh, avoid by this point. Round uh, seven, you traded Bryce Cartwright out. He did you a good job. You made a 211k profit there. You downgraded. I won't say downgraded in the sense of performance, but downgraded in, in a dollar sense to uh, Timmy Williams himself. Phoenix Crossland came in round seven. I can take no responsibility for that one. That was uh, T. Williams himself that convinced me on that one, I think. Is yeah, that right? I got you on that, my boy. You brought him in, and the fixture didn't deter you. They had the Panthers that week. So it was a purely a, a cash decision there. And you know what? Even, like, obviously, I, I made the decision to bring him in, but I brought him in because of Tim. But I, even then, I still didn't think he would get anywhere near the heights he did. Just mm. not even... A chance, and there was weeks there where I was playing him in my seventeen when I was full strength, and he was scoring me sixties. Like, yeah, he was incredible for us this year, Phoenix. Especially during some of those buy rounds and shit, key moments. Yeah, he stood up in a lot of them for us. And you jagged him, you held him a bit longer than I did, and it was pretty fruitful. Yeah. Fruitful. There was one round that I had him that you didn't that I played him, and I think he scored sixty nine, or even and maybe more. Could have gone more. Yeah, he had a very. So you, good you didn't sell him to round twenty two, and you cashed out for a bit more than I did, plus a few extra good scores. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Let's fast forward to the moment of the season. Round nine, Reese Walsh out, Clint Gusson in. Yeah. Tom Trebojevic uh, out, Tom Trebojevic out, Tyrell Sloan. <laughs> One of these is not the same. The most traded in player of the week. A bloke we both shit-canned in Supercoach circles all pre-season, all start of the season. You just couldn't resist getting in Tyrell Sloan. He is a guy that I have shit-canned from Classic. <laughs> To draft in everything his entire mm. career and I think I think sometimes we spoke about with your team last week Timmy that sometimes we can be too stubborn um, I think it's one of my <coughs> strengths that I tend not to be stubborn I'm more than happy to make these moves despite what I say if I think it's yeah. the right play at that moment uh, and I genuinely thought he was going to go big over those two or three weeks and I'll give you the hot tip he did not the two weeks prior against the Raiders 85 points and then 90 against the Roosters. Everyone brought him in this week. Thank Christ. Can I guess what he got? Yep, round nine against the Bulldogs at home at Wynn Stadium. I want to say it was like 18 or something. Bang on, 18. 18. (laughs) It's just burned into the brain. 12 in base. Round 10. He got 12 in base. Yeah. It went overs. (laughs) Round 10, the West Tigers at Suncorp. A great service for Supercoach scoring. 35. You wish. 20. <laughs> Go on. Round 11 against the Cowboys who are coming near the bottom of the ladder. 27. 
Following week, 29 against the Roosters. Following week, round 13, 25 against the Dolphins. You know the best thing about this entire Sloan? So he had a five-round average when people brought him in of about 20. The next two weeks, Panthers in Penrith, 59. And then the Bunnies, who were top of the comp at the time, 82. Yeah, he blew the Bunnies away that night, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So for the rest of the year, every time Tyrell Sloan did anything, scored a try, threw a good pass, my DMs would just blow up. It was oh fucking God. outrageous. But yeah, Sloan, he was... Um, did I bring him in twice or just the once? No, Surely no, not. Because your, your, your best bit of content for me across the year was there was a time when a fullback went down. So it might have been Teddy <laughs> or someone. I can't remember who... And you just had, there's only one man we can call in a time like this. And you just had Tyrell Sloan in the Batman light in the sky. <laughs> That's right. Oh, fuck. And, mate, so many people messaged me thinking I'd actually brought him in that weekend. So, But, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've always shit-canned him. Backed my gut in on that one. It didn't play, didn't, didn't work out. But uh, especially with fullbacks and everything, if you've got a gut feel, I think you've just got to go it. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that is the classic example. I fucked up Sloan. I think there's another fullback I mess up throughout the year. Or there is another fullback I mess up with throughout the year. But because I got Kohler in the back end, you know, I hit one out of three there, but it was well worth it. What about uh, just amongst all of those pretty shitty scores there from Tyrell Sloan? You made the decision to cut him in round 11. So you just held him for two weeks. I want to talk to you about the player you brought in. I think this Before is Before you do that. Go on. So he had something like an... an a real low negative break even when you did that. You sold him. So you bought him for 463k, ready to make some good cash. <laughs> you then, you then sold him. <laughs> you sold him for 485k. So I think you made 20k. For if, if my timeline is correct. But my memory was you lost money in the two weeks as well. <laughs> Mate, I thought I lost money. We almost lost sponsors on the podcast. It was, it was all over the place. Cost us a fortune. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, Roger. Uh, all good. Just after one bad decision, here came a good one. Jareem Buller was the guy you traded Sloan to round 11. Yeah. So this was a real moment um, in your season, I know. And for those that didn't buy, it was another sliding doors moment. But Jareem Buller, you couldn't have expected what came from when you traded him in round 11, 283K. Yeah, and this is one, th- This is as I just said before, one of my strengths. I think is that I can ignore sometimes what my senses say and just back things in. Like, for me, a debutante playing fullback at the Tigers, there is red flags all over that with this guy, and there was the entire mm. time. And I've got no idea how, but I actually had hardly ever seen him play before. I didn't really know he existed in the preseason. Um, so then when he burst on, well, because he had that gap when he was playing basketball, he wasn't really playing. He wasn't playing footy eighteen months before. That would explain it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so t- to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure why I decided. I can't remember my thought process, but I wouldn't have been happy making that decision, but thankfully I did. Yeah, what, what was his thought process? Uh, speed dial number one. Hey, Tim, should I get Buller in or not? Yep, okay, mate, thanks. Uh, you also, you cashed out at a good time. You cashed him out in round 19 at 646K. I think when I did it, he was in the five. So you got out at a pretty damn good time. Yeah. Because yeah, he had yeah, a few yeah. barriers. Yeah, he did have a few barriers, but geez, there was a remember. I remember there was a show that we came in here and we <laughs> went, "Is he a keeper? Yeah, mm. could he be?" Like, there was a period of time there where he was doing some amazing things, uh, but yeah, I think I nailed Buller from well, start to finish. It was the Tigers' bed shit and being no good and get the wooden spoon. Imagine him in a top eight side. Yeah, it'd be scary. Yeah. Mm. 
I can't wait now that uh, there's Supercoach NBL guru will be scouting the local leagues in <laughs> oh, Queensland oh. basketball for the next could be anything. Uh, rugby league back on the agenda now. Uh, round 12, you went to Billy Smith. Um, I know you're another one of those guys that you've been big on over the years. Yeah. Um, probably went, I'm not going to say early, but what you got back from Billy was probably at a, a period of the season there where he just couldn't seem to put consistent scores back to back to back. What I got from Billy is exactly what I deserved. Yeah. 100%, as it tends to be with Billy every year. I think I've owned him in draft three years in a row now at some point. Um, I actually I watched him play his return game for the North Sydney Bears. and I, I think I spoke to you about this, Timmy, the mm. week it happened. I watched him play, and he looked okay, but defensively he was in fucking shambles, yeah. and I thought there's not a hope now he's going to get back into this side. So I was actually very shocked when he got named, but uh, I will admit I am a sucker for one B. Smith of the Billy variety. I think what he's produced the last couple of weeks is what you were hoping to get. There's something there. Yeah. Remember, he had a break even of something like minus 50 or minus 80 or something at the time. Yeah, you end up selling for about a 70k profit yeah. <laughs> four or five weeks later. And you know what? If you would have made me guess how much I got made of him, I would have said less than 70k. So You sold him in round 20 for 360, so yeah, 70k. Yeah. I think uh, we'll be having a very similar conversation about Billy in a f- for a few more years. Round 13, mate, uh, This I mentioned a certain Knights players being season-defining earlier. Uh, this was the big one. Caelan Ponga, round 13 at 511k. You got him a bit earlier than I remembered. Yeah. So round 13, mate, that's pretty well when he went on his tear, didn't he? Be, with his like concussion history, that was that was a wonderful play. Yeah, there was, there was a few that I got on this year that... I traded them in and they were really good trades and they were a little bit pottish at the time, but then the week after, everyone else traded them in. It happened with KP, happened with Jack DeBellin when mm. everyone sort of got on JDB and I think Corey Horsley was the other one as well. Three guys that I had in my draft team, which is why I was watching them so closely. Mm. Um, but yeah, the KP one was huge, especially when you made the decision, which to pot him. there's another 160,000 people out there unversing, but... You are the people <laughs> person I watch the closest. So when you decided not to, it was uh yeah, it was a big move, KP. To be fair, like he came in, got he went 77, 92, 95, 47, his first five games when you bought him. Yep. First four games, I should say. Then he went bongs with 180 against the dogs, 137 against the Tigers, the rest is history. That being said, because he was so lowly priced, even with those scores and the few nineties in there, he was mid six hundreds by that time, and you'd cashed in. And by that time, you know, I'm sitting there on oh, mid six, nearly seven hundred k head knocks. Yeah, da da. Everyone's owning him, but yeah, great, great play. It's an interesting time to buy him as well. They obviously played round thirteen. That's potentially a big reason why you did buy him. But they had the buy in fourteen, and then like we said last week, when uh, speaking about Timmy's team, there was every chance he got the Origin call up, be it starting fullback or off the bench. So. I'm sure there was temptation to even sell him um, in that period, even just even though you just bought him. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I was a big believer in, as I said, I wanted to get him in draft. And I, I think I, like I had pick number one, which meant my second pick was pick 28 or whatever. And I thought, no one's going to go near KP. With concussions, playing 5-8, no one will go near mm. him. And my best mate, Jeremy, who pretty much bases all of his picks off what I say on the fucking podcast, he took him pick It's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I want to introduce you to my friend, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Should I get Guru on the third one as well, just to be uh, safe? S- save two trips up there. Um, yeah, so I was very high on KP from the preseason. And then it was funny. He That game against Candy were exploded. He, that was You came back from Europe a few weeks after that. 
Ah, uh, yes. And I remember you said something to me. You said something to me like, um, oh, fuck, thanks for letting me know. He was goal kicking, assuming that. Uh, I think you assumed that Jackson Hastings had told That's me. That's right. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea until they ran out. And then he picked up the tee and I was like, oh. That's right. Okay, that's a little bonus. It, I mean, it doesn't help, but that... Yeah, and he kicked 11 from 11. Yeah. Because that was the Pretty week, much all from his bad side. Yeah, because that was like the breaking point of like low break even. Was we had to make good cash, soft matchups where... You, that was... Yeah, that was the key week that yeah. killed me. And I remember a lot of it was that he wasn't kicking. And I was kind of like, not kicking, I can cop it. Yeah. Then when he came in, not only did he kick, but he kicked 11 from 11. And I just went, shit. He would have gone up a ton of cash, went 180. And he was goal kicking. Yeah. And that was the same. Like, all, like that, that was the week I traded him into my draft side. Mm. And I think all the boys in my comp assumed that Jacko had told me he was goal kicking. I had no idea until he ran out. And I was yeah. like, ooh, this is going to be delicious. Little did I know, 11 from 11 from the left-hand touchline. Yeah. It was incredible. Guys, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. A big thank you to those legends for their support throughout the season. Uh, obviously allows us to put a bit of cash back into the podcast, into the website, make sure we are improving, getting better and better every year to give you better content. Uh, they've been able to help out with a bunch of things this season for the SC Playable Clisters and heaps of people have reached out. Anything from wedding or honeymoon financing, handling your mortgage if you're trying to get into the housing market, sorting your interest rates, your short-term loans, all sorts of different things. Uh, just because the podcast is wrapping up for the NRL season doesn't mean you can't reach out to them. So if any time between now or the end of the year, even in the future down the track, I'm sure they'll look after you. Make sure you do mention SC Playbook when you do. It'll save you $129 on a free consult. Uh, to do that, flick them a message on Instagram, Pat and George underscore SCW, or give them a buzz on 02 uh, mate, and one of the, the best ones, the, the following... Oh, there's a couple of good ones here, actually. I'll start with one. You departed with Sonny Luke, your beloved Sonny, for 228k. Again, you got out... Well, you started the season with him, so I won't say you got out at a good time, but before others who had him all season, Jacob Little came in. I took the piss out of you. Everyone took the piss out of you. 37 points in 49 minutes against the Panthers. I think you even admitted, what have I done? What were you thinking at that time? If you roll the tape back to the preseason, I actually nominated Jacob Little as a guy to keep an eye on during the origin period, solely because of their draw and their run and mm. everything like that, and just their squad in general. Um, I traded in Jacob Little. Was the, uh, the first game against Penrith? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. I remember he, he was a trade that... He was one of those guys that I didn't... I woke up Sunday morning and I didn't think I was going to make any trade that day. And I don't know, just the longer the day went on, I got itchier and itchier. And I, I actually had him in draft as well. Oh it was a God. real common theme here. And made a last-minute decision to bring in Jacob Little. And I can't really remember why I did it. I'm not sure. Bored? Potentially. That, oh, I feel like there was more of a domino effect to it, but it, it wouldn't have... I, I don't know why I did it, because it wouldn't have... Maybe I saw the origin period coming and I knew I'd be without Harry Grant, so I just thought at least I'll have a hooker playing. Like, I get the itchy feet trade when it's like a high upside. Like, I had the itchy feet big time and when I got Dallin in for that mm. one twenty odd matchup. Because you're like, oh, if I miss this, it could be their 180. You got Jacob a little. What, what <laughs> round was it? 14. So that it, was, it was like the week after, maybe you're a little bit short on numbers because there are a bunch out that week. That, that might have been it. You it, might it, it there was a reason why I did it to pull the trigger that allowed <laughs> me to do more stuff the week after. Yeah. It, it must have been something along those lines. But yeah. from memory, 
I don't think he did terribly over the next few weeks. No, no, no. That's what I was getting yeah. to. Yeah. That's what I wanted you after that game thoughts. Oh, I was rattled as shit after that. He, he went on to have a four-game average through origin of like 60 points. So. Yeah, he scored a couple of tries and yeah. whatnot. I, I can't even remember how many times he, I actually He scored, then had assist, assist. Yeah. Yeah, so he did all right for you in the end. So that was round 14. You actually used the boost to bring him and a couple of others in. It was a boost to get Little in? That was your boost. <laughs> that was your... That was, fucking rank. That was your last boost. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Johnny Bateman and Sifa Talakai were the <laughs> other two that came in. I think Bateman did a job. Like Bateman did He a did job. a job round 19. I remember he was a number. But Talakai maybe just bought into that Sharks run. It looked so good. Uh, at, on paper Sifa I've always been a huge Talakai fan yeah. like from Mascot Jets under 14 huge <laughs> fan so Talakai yeah that one might seem a little bit rogue but that's very me I love Talakai I'm actually thinking I wonder if the weekend I brought in Little if I potentially was trying to get a VC score and I didn't want Sonny Luke to stink it up so I maybe on the Sunday afternoon maybe. brought in. Maybe that was what it was. Potentially. But anyway, yes. The Sivitalikai one, um, that was actually, there was a little bit of spite in that, which I like to do occasionally with Timmy because we'd spoken about him in the weeks before that, remember? A few, t- not bit, but like more so like when we're having a coffee or whatever, we go, oh, love to bring in Talakai right now, blah, blah, blah. And I just knew you didn't have him. So I remember there being a bit of spite to that one, yeah. which I live for. Absolutely. Mate, you, you fast forward to round 19 and the, these are the kind of trades where, like, I'll get your thoughts on it and it might go a different direction, but where I try not to naff and, and get these battlers and, and blokes who every chance they won't be there end of the season, you went Buller out, Kawhi Ward in. You went Schuster up to Mully Tyler, so it was obviously a bit of cash to fund that, but Kawhi Ward, who ended up being like, he hardly really played for the rest of the season. And from round 19, you've brought in... Obviously, you thought... I know you rated him as a player, and you're mm. thinking maybe he'd come out from the Broncos and he might get a few more starts, but a dangerous move. What was your thinking there? Uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> it didn't play out the way I thought it would, but it ended up being better. So I brought him in. He played that one game. He scored a try. Round 19, so yeah, the, the origin by, third major by round. Yeah, so yeah. he played the Sunday afternoon. It was funny, I actually... All week I was trading in Blake Wilson, which no one else was going near. And then Quai Ward got named. And I've always liked him. So mm. I brought him in. I think Blake Wilson actually ended up scoring 100 that week. Yeah. And then, of course, he scored He scored a few hundreds on the run home as well. And I think in the last week he might have done okay too. Might be talking about He scored a, the real late try in it. He scored the late try, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So looking back on it, I wish I would have gone Wilson because it wouldn't have cost me too much. But Quai Ward, he came in, he scored 60-odd in that game. He scored a try. To be honest with you, he actually looked really average in that game. Uh, I, I, I took an L on that. But he scored well in that game, so I got the 60 points. But he played bad enough throughout the rest of it that he actually didn't play again. Yeah. So it actually turned out to be... And okay enough because it freed up cash to be able to make other big moves. So a classic example of it worked out okay, but it didn't work out as I planned. But you need a few things to fall your way sometimes. Rue, let's fast forward a few more weeks. And I mentioned earlier about nuffs yep. and how much I, I hate them in Supercoach. Yep. We go through to round 21. I just mentioned you just brought in Kwai Ward. You'd some not been burned by it, but you know, depth becomes a bit of a question mark. You have a little nuff in there. Jacob Little out. Rue Nagatakora, 200k, left you 
with no backup hooker with six or seven rounds to go. You had trades up the sleeve mm-hmm. to cover it. It obviously facilitated a trade-in of Campbell Graham, which didn't obviously pan out, but Rue's the one that I want to toy it. That was... I No. Yeah, and this is I think this is the big thing that differentiates us as super coach mm. players. Um, I will always be happy to enough players, always, because I think it frees up opportunity to get to spend more money on big name players that you want. Mm. And I think depth is important, there's no doubt about that. But I just think you need to also just be getting the big guns that you need. I can Get around that idea at like centre wing or two RF where you've got coverage. You had no coverage at hooker. But I had the trades. So you did matter. have the trades. If I didn't have the trades, completely different conversation. Yeah. But up until the last week, if Harry Grant was ruled out, it would have been fine. I could have just made a move on him. And it would Christ, have I wanted Harry to get ruled out any time before that final round. It yeah. would have changed my season because I had Braley in backup. Yeah, you had Braley, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also... And this is something that I do probably more so in draft. I also just look at it and go, okay, hooker, I don't think it's as important position as what everyone else carries on with anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm very much so off the hooker train. If you've been following my draft content for years, I've been saying it for ages, and I think classic is very fucking similar. Even Harry Grant, to be fair, he went bigger this year than what I thought he would. But, mate, there was weeks here where Jacob Little was outscoring Harry fucking Grant. Mm. Like I just I and if I if it meant I ran without a hooker for a week or two, by that point I'd realised that these buys and everything they weren't actually having as much impact as what people were expecting. So if it meant that I was without a hooker for a week, which I wouldn't be because I had trades, it didn't worry me in the slightest, and it allowed me to free up cash to make big moves later. So I reckon we're going to have a few of these conversations over the years. There's a real sure. pattern there with trading in <coughs> a quote unquote enough with someone else like a big gun so you did it like we said there with Campbell Graham uh, rewind on that um, same week as you brought in Kai Ward you brought in Molotalo uh, that's actually enough yeah <laughs> take you back yeah, to round fuck. take you back to round 18 Joey Tarpanay alongside Ty Munro yep uh, Munro you actually traded him in and I, I can't believe we've missed this you traded out Nick Meany who you traded in just one week prior. I was and, waiting for Mina to come, yeah. And you captained oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've glossed over the fact <laughs> your worst yeah. week, probably your worst trade, your worst captain, Nick Meany, round 17, and you sold him round 18. Wow. Yeah, it was a one-week play. I, I needed to – I wanted to make a big splash that afternoon and go for a big captain score. I can't remember why. My vice-captain didn't work out and so, something – I either I fucked it up or someone got ruled out or something, and I just wanted to go for a big play. Um Nick Meany, by the way, also one that I have never been overly high on mm. his entire career. Even when he signed with Melbourne, I wasn't huge on it. He's proved me wrong there, 100%. Um, but, yeah, brought in Nick Meany. I want to say 41. Bang score. on, 41. Yeah, yeah, it haunts me. I mean, it looked a good game on paper at home to Manly, who at the time they were floundering a little bit. Yeah. So I, I can see the logic there. I think Storm won well. He just didn't do anything. And I, I came in with the full plan to... Not the plan, but I came in knowing that there is every chance I trade him out next week. Wow. Because I was happy just to take a punt on that one big play that no one else was going to do. No one else was going to captain him, and I was happy to take that risk. Uh, it didn't pay off, uh, but I'm happy to live and die by the sword. Rue, fast forward to round 23. Val Holmes suspended for the rest of the season. I was absolutely devastated to see that as a bloke who didn't own him. Uh, mate, you went... With Dane Gagai. Yep. Holy, this is one of like, 
we spoke about it, we spoke about it, we spoke about it, for basically from about mid-season, but particularly after the origin period about his numbers and how the lack of attack he got. He finished the season with a 72-point average. He scored three tries. Based 40 per game. And what did I say? You bought him in round 23. 70, 97, 56, 78, then was rested round 27. That is an unbelievable season. Unbelievable season, to be honest with you. <coughs> I was disappointed. Yeah, I because the better. attack didn't come. The attack didn't come. Nah. And even, mate, there was even, I think you just read out a 55 and a 58. Uh, 70, 97, 56, 78. Yeah, right. So I remember that 56 just sitting there going, fuck, that's disappointing. Because I was expecting 70s every week, which he did a lot of the time. Um, yeah, Dane Gagai, I think at that point he was 1% or 2% owned. He got a little bit higher as the season went on, but I don't think he ever got too heat. high. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the risk you take. I, I actually, I remember saying to Jackson Hastings about five weeks out, I said... Do you go, if you guys are safe in the last round, do you reckon you're a chance to rest guys? And I remember he sort of said, maybe, but I think we'd rather keep our momentum. Mm. And at that point, I sort of went, okay, I'm happy to go get yeah. I'm happy that I've got KP, Marcio, all these fellas. Didn't play out that way, obviously, which is how it works. Uh, it, it, it did in the sense, though, that like KP was injured, Hastings was injured. Gagai, being a veteran, he was yeah. the only one who got the rest. He was, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I was but crying out for Marju like, to get me. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah So yeah. his tackle breaks those last four games from round 23 onwards, 9, 12, 5, 13. It'll yeah. sound stupid, but it was very like Andrew Fafita-esque. He would just mm. get the ball turned under and just go, us, 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 make two metres, but break eight tackles. And you just go gun. He's probably forgotten about as well because he was doing that Great stuff for Supercoach, but he wasn't finishing the tries. He wasn't making the line breaks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just look here. Dom Young, 31 line breaks. How many of those passes would have come from Dan Gagai? Well, yeah, and that's the other thing as well. There was a number of times towards the back end of the season where he would throw these incredible passes, Dan Gagai, where he would hold the ball for half a second and create space. And quite often they don't give the attacking stats for that, which I get and it's how Supercoach works. But Christ, I reckon if you had like a rugby league mind sitting there scoring instead of a super coach mind, his points would have gone through the fucking roof. Yeah. Thankfully, if it wasn't going to him, a lot of the time it was going to KP, so I was getting them anyway. But there was a lot of points that Tyson Gamble picked up this year that I personally thought Dane Gagai should have got. Guru, uh, lots of people ask me, you know, sit there and watch the podcast and run into him over a beer at times. They go, oh, What's Rue like as a bloke? Is he a good fella? Like, comes across a bit of a knob and all that. I say... A bit. Yeah, just a bit of a knob. You've nailed it. I look after you. <laughs> and I sort of... I try and make a case and you know, try to put you in a good light. But, you know, I, I'm not a liar. I'm not going to, you know, completely... Oh. Anyway. And, and people say, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, he just, just comes across as a flog. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's fair, it's fair. And I paint in his good light. And there was a moment in the season where people watching the podcast went, hmm, okay, there it is. Round 25, you sold the prodigal son in your life, Jermaine Hopgood. <laughs> and they all just went, okay, that's Guru's true colours, I see. There was, uh, yeah, that, yeah, especially <laughs> on social media and everything. I, I thought it would do well, but that did better than what it, I ever expected. It was actually, there was more people that viewed that stupid Hopgood apology letter than play Supercoach that week. It was insane. <laughs> and the amount of people that, like, 
messaged me about it, blah, 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 and giving me shit about it. And I'd say, oh, you're going to hold him? They're like, I don't play Supercoach. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? What do you care for then? Yeah. People just absolutely love that Hopgood shit this year. And uh, you sold him a few weeks before for Cam Murray. Mm. Who did I sell him for? Ellie Katala. Oh. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Great trade. Yeah. Banked 180K, a few points. Would have been a particularly good trade if Ellie Cattell didn't get rested around 27, but... Yeah, that would have been a huge one. Uh, and yeah, that was all... That was much as I loved Jermaine Hopgood and everything <laughs> like that. Um, minutes were becoming a worry. Had the buy in round 27. I knew that I wanted to get rid of all my eels before round 27 so I could make other mm. moves that week. Um, and yeah, that was just a... Yeah, we, we, we saw, pe- people made it out like it was a bigger trade than what it was, but I thought it was a very common sense decision. I thought, it, well, so I did the exact same thing a few weeks earlier. Yeah. I thought it made complete sense. Yeah. There, was no, there was no point getting to the end, getting to round 27, having any Parramatta players. If you did, you're a moron. Yeah. Riser now, I'll let you introduce round 26, and I might just switch off for the rest of the show because. We'll have to. We, no, we <laughs> don't. We really have Mate, to. We're running this shit, so <laughs> no, we don't have to do anything. All right, I will sit up. here and talk to myself if I have to. <laughs> it's 80% of my career. It's not so the only that's thing that's you fine. might do to yourself. Uh, round 26, all right, we'll, ad- we'll address it. DCE and Tolotau caller in. You sold <sighs> Nico Hines and Latrell Mitchell, who had a buy that week for South. So uh, Manly up against the Bulldogs, as it was. Yep. Uh, you had plenty of cash to play with. You sold 1.4 million, and to still have two trades and that much money in disposal at that time of the year, this is this is what you were talking about. You know, rounds 16, 17. You were preparing for a week like this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, we knew it was going to be carnage in the last few weeks. If you didn't, you're probably lying. To be completely honest with you. Um, and yeah, I wanted. Uh, obviously, depth was important, and my depth was good enough. But I think just having trades for the back end is so important. And, you know, there was there was running jokes. I think with eight weeks ago, I had 12 trades or whatever. Um, and, you know, I still got to the last week and only had one left. Mm. But the moves I was able to make, I think from about round 23 onwards, Tino's, Teddy's, Katoa's, these sort of guys, obviously Kohler and, and DCE with a cherry on top. But, um, you know, I've had seasons like this before where I've had a lot of trades coming to the back end. If you don't make the right moves, it doesn't fucking matter. And the other thing about it, it's one thing to have trades and think, oh, that's cool, and you get an extra play that week, da-da. But when you do it for the final two rounds, which this year emphasised more than ever. Now, this was an exception in that Cole, as I said, had the highest score of the year in the round yeah. 27. But because it's not a long-term play and you go, oh, this match-up and this match-up, you go two weeks to go or one week to go, who has the absolute best match-ups? And you've looked at them and gone, the Tigers and the Doggies who have thrown in the towel for the year. They've got nothing to play for. Manly can be flat track bullies at times. It just had big Manly score written all over it. Yep. Who's just going to fullback? Cola. Mm. So not just the trades, but you get the best, best matchups of the week. Yeah, for sure. And to be honest with you, like <coughs> I had DC, I had Cola, which was fantastic. And I look back now and I actually, in, in our, the episode leading into the grand final, where we're talking about our last trades, I mentioned it in one sentence and I didn't give it any more thought. And I know it's easy in hindsight, but when I had DC and Cola, why I didn't go Olakawatu? Yeah. It's beyond me. And I, I said it one sentence and I didn't give it any more thought. Keep in mind, I had a Lukwatu for the first six weeks. So I was always high on him. And I just sit there. And, you know, I went AJ Brimson. I think he scored 80. So I think it ended up being a 100-point difference. But that could have been the difference between one Imagine 1%. if you had them three that final round. And I look back and go, I know it's easy in hindsight, but yeah. why didn't 
If DC was going to have a good game, shock yeah. me, Olakwata was going to have a good. GG love game. a combination. Yeah, love a combination. It's almost the perfect storm, and maybe I don't know how much um, emphasis we put on the, this this time next year. Like, but to get a team like Manly playing, um, you know, at home or in daytime footy against the Dogs, um, we haven't mentioned it. But would you have got Garrick? Because Garrick was injured round twenty five. You got Cole round twenty six. Would you? Do you think you would have done DC in Garrick if if he wasn't injured? Uh, you know what? I don't know if I would have done DC because then Garrick would have been goal kicking. Yeah, but I would have gone yeah. Garrick. <coughs> yeah, okay, for sure. Um, I love Garrick as a footballer. I would have been yeah. more than happy to have him. Look at those like choosing the best matchups. I had two trades going in round twenty six. I got Drinky and Chairs. Yeah. You got Cola, Chairs, yeah. and Brimo. So just having those easy matchups to type, bang, 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 and that was Huge. the that was the only thing that put me <laughs> off drink water mm. was that Penrith matchup and. You know, I, I went into who'd they play in round twenty six? Cows. When he scored Dolphins, Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. So I, I went into that thinking, okay, if I can just get him for sub 140, 150, mm-hmm. I think I think I'll be able to win this trade next week because yeah. I mean I, I think drinking in the last week scored forty against the Panthers. Max. That's pretty good for him against the Panthers. I yeah. Think. I was expecting heaps. 20, last I think. Honest, yeah. the, yeah, you got 29, hard. so. Yeah. But it's hard because like it's easy it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, you know, Cola had the matchup and that was the play. And it turned out to be correct. But how many times throughout this season did matchups just do nothing for us? Yeah. Nothing Nick, whatsoever. Nick Meany, round 17. Nick Meany, yeah, that's one example. But even like, like drink water to start the season. Oh, yeah. How high were we all on the Cowboys yeah. and Reese Robson and Val Holmes and all these guys because they had this unbelievable draw and it, it just didn't happen. The Bunnies, post-Origin, their yeah. whole run home. Exactly right. And, mate, this this whole, you know, roasting situation, it's all good and well because I had those Manly boys, but if they didn't do well, it's the dumbest thing imaginable. <laughs> it becomes bigger than Nico Hines all of a sudden. So yeah. it can turn so quickly... And you're relying on two teams that are waiting for Mad Monday. Yeah. But that can be super coach gold sometimes. To me, this this probably comes back to your draft history. Yes. Because you've picked on matchups and not necessarily who you should have, again, Hines and Cleary, who you should finish the season with probably on paper, Sean Johnson, Hughes, whatever. DC, he's always fourth, fifth run in that halfback ladder, but he was the one really that yeah. we all should have been playing with. And this is yeah, and that's why I like to have trades towards the back end because then realistic classic turns into draft. That's my biggest takeaway from this whole situation is yeah. if you can make up ranks in I know or not lose ranks in origin, it's probably less important than what you can do with your trades in the back end of the year, make up literally mm. thousands of ranks yeah. in two weeks. And I think the like and it hasn't come up at all because I antipoded them all year, just avoiding those New Zealand warriors. How do you go talking of antipoding, um, the Dolphins, because there was a real point in the season where Hammer and Asako were either you buy them or you've missed the boat. Did you get on to either of them? Neither of them. We never had Asako, which is funny because I had Asako in draft. Yeah. I picked him like round 16 and he was a top 10 player. He was absolutely fucking killing it. And I just, the, the thing that worried me with Asako and why I didn't get on him was because Branko Lee stopped playing. And I thought without Branko, this guy can't get as much good ball. And you know what? He didn't, but it didn't matter. Well, who had Cody Nikarima? He just Nikarima finished everything. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was wild. Like, no one would have seen that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think for a long period of time, I sat there and went, you know, Isako is one of those guys that if you got him, you're probably not actually a great super coach player. You just got a little bit lucky. That yeah. was my thought process for a long time. 
but you've got to give credit to guys. Took 26 to weeks it. to change our mind. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> around 27, yeah. he's just going to ton again. <laughs> he's just going to do it again. He's going to keep doing it. So, yeah. And, mate, I had him in draft. I was a believer, but not as much as other people were. So full credit to people that made that move because mm. sometimes you just got to back in the hot hand. Boys, I think we'll wrap that up for the Roast to the Roo. You've... How'd you go, mate? Enjoy that? I did, yeah. That was pretty... That was pretty good. Obviously a good season and whatnot, so... Rise up next week. You're up, mate. How are you prepared? Oh. I, I cannot wait to get to your final trade of the year. Yeah, look, it's going to be the talking point. Um, the good thing for me is it's going to take 26 weeks to get to that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. So it might go in reverse. 25, perhaps. Um, we'll break it before that point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm fingers crossed. I'm not too rattled by that point. Just to give you a heads up too, Timmy, this bloke is a bullshit artist. I've got a big bone to pick with him next yeah. week. I don't think you need to pick it with me. I think there's someone else you need to pick it with. (laughs) He's not one of us. Looking forward. That will be next week. The roast of Ariser. Of course, reach out to Blue Wealth Property. Let us know if you need links to that. Personal message, Guru or myself. Thanks to Kempi, bloke in a bar, as always. So let's wrap it up. Cheers for tuning in. Guru, back to back. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.